On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, Keith and I discuss why Joel Embiid's defensive effort needs to be much better in game number six in order for them to close out this series on the road. That's up next right here on Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, you are Locked On 76ers. I'm Devon Gibbons from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia, alongside my co-host and partner, Keith Pompey, Sixers beat writer for TheInquirer.com. Keith, what's going on, man? This game, having this extra day off is getting at me. I, I know it's good for the players sometimes and good for the team, but can we get this thing going? Win or lose, we need to get this game played. Yeah, I know, right? I know, right? But I, hey, look, man. I'm happy I got an extra day to rest, the real rest. So I'm good. I'm good. Just get this flight this afternoon and and head on out there. So we'll see. We'll see. I hear you, man. Well, listen, everybody out there, thank you so much for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Right here, we get to see all the nice T-shirts and sweatshirts that we wear all the time. We tell you all the time. We're just fashion mavens we are on this platform YouTube. Nike better pay us. 76 <laughs> They sure should. Uh, oh, man. Listen, uh, especially for the summertime because we like we love the T-shirts. But, hey, man, uh, we, we need to talk about after that 103-88 loss. We, we, we dove into so much after the game on Monday night, talking about it on Tuesday as well. And uh, uh, just 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 everything that went 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 wrong in the game and clearly more things to talk about wrong than anything that we can highlight that was right. But one of the things that we both talked about off, off the uh, air here were uh, where, where, where Joel and B's defense just simply wasn't good enough in that third quarter. And he was just being, you know, just run by. And that's something that we haven't seen from him. We know he gives defensive effort. Uh, we need to talk about why it's important, of course, for his defense to be much, much better. I'll just highlight before you get started. 56 to 36 points in the paint. Now, that's not all on him. He can't defend the entire painted area at all times, especially when he is being uh, dragged out to the perimeter because they want to get him away from the paint. But that's how important he is as a defender, Keith. We know he's probably going to be on one of these all-defensive teams as a center. Probably should be first-team all-defensive center. That being said, we need to talk about why it's important for his defense to be much better despite the hand injury in game number five, game number six. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's, he's the anchor dude. Like when, when we think about it, like he's the anchor at a defense. I mean, we always talk about how the defense is so much better um, when he's back there. Um, it just looked like to me that the effort just wasn't there. And if, if, and if it's not there, they're not going to win game six at all because, you know, you already see it. You got guys like Precious Achua who was driving the lane, looked like a track meet, like he was racing to the rim. Mm-hmm. And Embiid was there looking like a a bull, like, a, 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 a you know, a, one of the bullfighters. Just like, whoa, ole, ole. <laughs> he was just running by him. Yeah. And it, that, that stuff can't happen. So it has to be there because, you know, they're already at mismatches with, with these athletic fours. 
and Embiid is a rim protector and getting it getting at the um at the rim um I mean uh, preventing people from getting to the rim like it got to a point where I felt like look if he can't stop him then y'all got to go to a zone I mean you got to do something and I don't even know if that's going to work with this lineup but they're going to have to do something D because like that was bad and that's not normally Embiid I wonder if he was worrying about the hand if he's getting frustrated what have you but it just didn't look good at all no, it didn't, and I don't really know. The only only place that I would see the hand being an issue in a scenario like that is trying to block a shot, and that's not necessarily the case. We're not really asking him to block every shot. It's just defending the painted area. His presence alone will have them deterred a little bit of trying to come in there all the time and trying to get these buckets. Even when they put their body into him, you know, they had to adjust the shot, so it's just important for his effort to be better on the perimeter with the hands instinctually you you're just gonna you know instinctively part of you're gonna just try to reach for the basketball anyway but he just has to he has to fight that urge of sticking his hand in there and and doing that and just move his feet like you talked about the effort is number one and then number two just being smart about it. he's a smart basketball player move your feet keep your body right there in the center of the of the player as he's trying to get to where he needs to go and you're doing your part right there as a defensive player uh, there will be rotations. There will be maybe some switches at times on certain parts of those drives from those players, but they have to, he has to make sure that that's a part of his defensive uh, thinking when he is out there, because as you laid it out, it was way too easy, man. They just looked at him taking their time and said, you know what? We'll just get right by him. They, they saw something, whether it was the, not moving his feet, whether it was him worried about his hands too much, whether he turned his head too quickly. And as a result, the player use that as an advantage. It's, it, all you need is a second. So if you turn your head and the defender sees that, I'm going right by you. And I'm going right by you. And you have to now recover. And it's either going to be a, a free lane for layup, or you're going to block. You're going to try to block my shot and foul me, and, and not give me those points. And that, at that point, now the fouls are just simply going to start to pile up, and they're going to be in the bonus quicker. And you have to get off the floor. So he is the anchor. No Matisse Thybul at the top. And not that he played well anyway in the game five, but not he's not out there at the top. Tobias Harris is doing all he can as a defender. Everyone else is out there doing what they can, not that they're all that great either. He is the anchor. He is the one that's calling out all the coverages, saying what's happening. Uh, screens are coming from left or right. Watch out for that pick. We, you know, hedge out, whatever he's doing. He needs to be much better in order for them to win in this game on Thursday night. Just that simple. The effort needs to be better. I agree 100%, my man. Yeah, no no question, man. I, it just has to be, and we haven't seen it. Well, Keith, uh, we got to come back and talk about another player that needs to really get it going, and that is young Tyrese Maxey. Maxey didn't perform very well and uh, wasn't all his fault, but you kind of figure out that he needs to maybe take the reins at times himself, even when the, it's not called for him to get himself some easy buckets, get him going, therefore getting the team going. That's next right here, Locked On 76ers. Yeah, right now I want to talk to you guys about Shady Rays. Now, the thing about Shady Rays, you know, I picked up a a pair of them. Mm, I love these glasses, and I'm trying to get my man D some. It might mess up his swag a little bit. He don't need the sunglasses like I do. But Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 glasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed, durable frames, 
and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Ray's Insane Protection Program. Shady Ray's includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happens. Give them a try. And if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. That's See, that's simple. That's simple as that. Plus, 10 mils are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays, right? So exclusively for the listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use the code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified star reviews. I'm telling you, y'all might want to go out there and do it today, people. Do it today. No, I would absolutely need some. It's the summertime, go to the beach, hang out a little bit, right? All that stuff. It's here in the city, Philadelphia, is when it's sunny it's beautiful out there and we, yeah I, I can use some of those i just don't want i just don't want us to have to hand these to the sixers yet for their vacations before the season needs to be over we don't need to be getting those shady rays for them just yet that's a gift from us to them after they get to the championship that's that's when we get them some shady rays well listen keith thank we got to thank everybody for making locked on 76 as your first listen for your next listen check out the locked on now podcast for nightly recaps of every nba game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. There's some really good games last night uh, as the uh, Miami Heat closed out the Atlanta Hawks. The Minnesota Timberwolves blew another lead, this time on the road to the Memphis Grizzlies. They should have won that game. And then Phoenix Suns going up 3-2 on the New Orleans Pelicans back home. A playoff career high for uh, one, number 25, dropping 31 on that uh Pelicans team last night, so happy about that. Hey, you know that dude? I mean, you know that boy? Like you saying one number? I mean, you must know him or something. Well, hey, I was I wasn't talking about Ben Simmons, so hey, there you I go. mean, I like yeah, yeah, but the guy you're talking about, what's his name? What was he drafted by the Sixers? <laughs> huh? Was he? Yeah, he yo, was. that might have been the biggest mistake of the process. Well, listen. I didn't. I didn't bring that up for us to have that discussion. I just brought it up because we were uh, going over the analysis of those games last night, and he happened to have the. the well, who are we talking? What's his name, though? That, that would be Mikael Bridges. Oh yeah, he yeah. played pretty well last night. So thrilled about that. Extend that series, close it out on Thursday, just like we look for the Sixers to close it out. As Could well. you imagine? And I know I don't want to be long winded. We got to get back to it. But could you imagine if he was the Sixers three right now? Yeah, I mean it makes sense. We we went over that before, where uh, the uh, the idea of having him on the roster. They later on made that trade for Jimmy Butler in November. JJ Redick was still here. Landry Shamit was also part of that draft class in 2018. So those two were drafted the same. Um, that was the two Sixers draft selections. So yeah, I can imagine it. Um, I'm just looking at it right now, like with those, yeah. those long arms and that defense and that shot. And but let's get back to the podcast. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, we like Phoenix. Phoenix is beautiful this time of the year <laughs> and all year. So <laughs> we like Phoenix. All right, man. Um, and look, when we were talking about 
Embiid in the defensive effort. It's not as if we, the Sixers won that quarter 25-21. Just off, I remember that vividly. Just remember 25-21. And uh, Preston Sachua and Pascal Siakam were the two that really did the damage. Siakam, he scored nine points. One three-pointer made, but he scored nine points. And Achua had eight, and he did not make a three-pointer. He had two free throws and two three field goals. But the point of it was when we saw it, when we were watching it that night and uh, re-watching it, they were – MB wasn't great for the time that he was out there um, playing the entire 12 minutes, by the way. He gave him eight points for 12 minutes defensively. He just needed more. One of the players, though, that we need more from, and I think it's more of a, a coaching thing. While we don't blame Doc Rivers for that loss, there are some things in there, as he talked about at postgame, of needing to get Tyrese Maxey, Keith, involved more and getting going more. Uh, why, why is it so important watching them all season long and obviously in this playoff series? Could be someone else next series if, if they advance to the Miami Heat and face them. Game one, by the way, would be uh, Monday uh, for game one against the Miami Heat if they were to move on from the Raptors. Why is it so important and how do they get them involved early and often? I mean, you got to give them the ball. I, I think right about now the best thing to do is a Tyrese, you're the point guard. James, you're sliding off ball. You're going to be the two, right? I mean, because – From the start of the game? Yeah, you may have to do that. I mean, I think you may have to. Um, and, and the reason being is because what they're doing now is and, – and it's great coaching by Nick Nurse. I mean, give him credit. But what they're doing now is they're disrupting these passing lanes, making it harder for Maxi to get the ball, right? So yes. that's where you see it. So – um, I think that with him having the ball, I mean, we, we saw a lot of it in game three where they tried to do is they would get a rebound and then all of a sudden they would give the ball to Harden and Harden would immediately give the ball to Maxi before they got past half court. I think that right now it might be one of those things where, you know, they may do that or, you know, just say, hey, inbounce the ball to Maxi, let him bring it up, let him see what's going on. You know what I mean? It's easier to pass the ball to James than it is James passing it to him in certain instances. But um, you know, you know, it, it, but but what Doc was also talking about is is one of those things where he wants them to run more things for him. He wants them to take more charge and all to take you know um, more command of the game. But I think it's easier for him to do that with the ball in his hands right about now. You know. Yeah. And- and, and we'll, sorry to cut you off, but one thing that I, I did notice, too, when you talk about defensively, they they really, especially on the the uh, some of those dribble handoffs up top, uh, whether it's Embiid or even Harden, Harris or or Green, if he has it up, up, up top, Paul Reed as well, they are really up in his jersey, uh, not letting him get loose and get free for that dribble handoff and, and allow him to do whatever he needs to do once he receives the basketball. So they they really have to d- design something to make it easier for him to get free from the defense because the face guarding that they're doing, they're doing a really good job at it. And as you said, you got to give them credit sometimes for the defense. Keith, I was talking about it last night, arguing with a lot of callers uh, about this, um, just how sometimes you have to give the defense credit for what they're doing too. And I know that's an adjustment that needs to be made on the other side from Doc Rivers and the coaching staff, but sometimes you just have to give credit where the defense was better than the offense. We see it all the time. An individual defender can play well against the uh, offensive player. That was better offense versus some very good defense. You 
you shake their hand, you go down the other end. In that game, it just seemed like, number one, the effort wasn't there all together, all together for the Sixers. The execution wasn't always there. But then those, those times you also have to look at what the adjustments were being done on the other side, and they did a, a darn good job. So um, Maxi, you know, I used to love – and when we were talking about that 2018 team, we lost in the 2019 playoffs. They – I was a big fan of J.J. Redick on this team and what he did with that dribble handoff with Joel Embiid coming down off that pin down on the baseline, getting free – getting those shots off. He wasn't much of a driver. Um, after a while, when they would close out really, really hard, and he's able to put the ball on the floor a little bit, Keith, he would drive to the basket and have that quick pass to Embiid for that layup or that dunk. Thought mm-hmm. we would see with Josh Richardson. Didn't work. We, see it a lot. we saw it a little bit with Tobias Harris. I wonder if you can see it a little bit more with um, and I know that was a Brett Brown thing, but if you could see it a little bit more with Tyrese Maxey because of his speed and his explosiveness getting to the basket. Dribble handoff, pin down, coming along that baseline. Defenders trailing him on his heels. Therefore, he can go right to the basket, floater, layup, dump off to Embiid, lob to Embiid, whatever it might be, because that's how fast he is and that's how much uh, of a, the attention they have to pay to him uh, on his backside as he is coming off that screen for Embiid, who sets those really good screens. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, Something I, I think, also help him get loose. Yeah, that would. I mean, that would. I mean, you know, anything. And, and that's the thing. The good, good part about right now with the 76ers, they had the coaches had a day yesterday to get back in the lob and devise things to to counter um, – in what the lab has been been in the lab, yeah. The counter with what did I say? In the lob. <laughs> in the lob. Okay. <laughs> hey, my friends at North Catholic are embarrassed. Like, beef, you're making this look bad. You're making this bad. <laughs> That's all right. So so yeah, get back in the lab and um, you know, and, and, and try to, you know, counter what they're doing. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways to use them, utilize them and 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 get them out in space and 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 use that speed. One thing that he has to understand is that I do expect people to get physical with him. Yeah. Game six. And they like have. You, they, you're going to think you were playing against the bad boys when he's driving the lane. You all right, man? Yeah, a little. A net just flew by me, I think. Um, That's what it was, yeah. You better get that fruit out the, out, out the trash or something. <laughs> <laughs> Where that came from. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry, for that. No, it's all good. It's all good. Real life stuff. Nets every now and again. <laughs> yeah so nah man uh the, the physicality is, is definitely there uh, against Tyrese Maxey and not letting him get loose because they saw how he did the damage in game one game two he was really good as well game three he was solid overall they've made their adjustments now it's time for Doc Rivers as he talked about it himself post game game five they need to make adjustments and get Tyrese Maxey going as well. Keith, we need to also talk about, is it time, especially with no Matisse Thibel, is it time to go deeper into the bench and why we haven't seen one player in particular as the Sixers have now started to find some issues with scoring and maybe even some ball handling problems as well. We'll get to who that player is next and why we might 
want to see them go a little bit deeper into the bench. Next up, right here on Locked On 76ers. But as we get ready for this game, I got to tell you all about uh, the great tasting Built Bar. The Puffs. Have you tried the Puffs? We've been telling you about Built Bar for a while now. Have you tried those Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. They're a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Did I mention that they're fluffy and marshmallowy? I did not. So I'm telling you now, yummy, cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow. Banana cream pie, so good. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and for the month, new flavor, white chocolate, cookies and cream. Get in there. They're fan favorite. They're absolutely incredible. The flavors are really good. Once again, covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're much better than a typical candy bar that can be anywhere from 200 to 300 calories. Overall, 130 calories for the Built Bar, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Get in there. Check it out at Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away by how, how well these are with the high protein. Again, low calorie, simply high fiber, low in carb compared to a candy bar. You won't be disappointed because 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carb, you know that that could be a problem for your health. If you want to go out there, get get a workout in, get a run in early in the day, use your built Bar instead of a candy bar or a pastry like I've been known to do. I've switched over and I've gone to built Bar. They're all about the taste. They make it better there and delicious first. They'll make it better and healthy after they figure it all out like they have done. So go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order using promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, Keith. One name that you and I talked about was with the struggles of Matisse Thibault in that game and Doc Rivers going, let me see, he went really four deep with uh, Matisse Thibault, Shake Milton, George Niang, and Paul Reed. And later on we saw... Isaiah Joe and Furkan Korkmaz come in as the game was out of, already out of hand and they inserted those guys to close the game out. Why not go to Furkan Korkmaz maybe a little bit earlier when the struggles that were there for Matisse Thibault were so early, so evident? I know the defensive part. I know he could be important for another series, but right now you need to win this series. He wasn't into that game. He did nothing positively out there in that game. Why not go to Furkan Korkmaz? I know he hasn't played. I know. But sometimes you just have to go deeper into the game. For an example, no Devin Booker for the Phoenix Suns, right, Keith? They Man, you can't keep talking about the Phoenix Suns, bro. Well, here's why. (laughs) You're going to get people in Philly mad, bro. (laughs) No, it it was going to Aaron Holiday. Because Aaron Holiday came into the game for a few minutes for Monty Williams, just because they needed another ball handler, they needed something else a little bit different to take some of the pressure off of Chris Paul, bringing the ball up. Jose Alvarado has been like 94 feet, defending him 94 feet. You need another ball handler. So you go deeper into your rotation and you bring in Aaron Holiday. And in this case, we know that Korkmaz can bring the ball up a little bit, maybe take some of the pressure off of the other guys, uh, unless they're just really pressuring him and you don't want him bringing the ball up the floor. But he's coming in. He can at least get a shot off that uh, that he wide open, James Harden, get him created a shot, Joel Embiid created a shot, Tyrese Maxey created a shot for Furkan Korkmaz and, and get the shot off. And 
if they close out hard enough, you know he can at least put the basketball on the floor. Am I crazy to think that maybe in that game, the one thing, again, I'm not criticizing Doc Rivers because I didn't think he, he was the problem. Should, should he have maybe gone a little bit deeper into the bench for Korkmaz or Isaiah Joe? My nod would have been for Korkmaz because of the experience. But am, am I wrong for thinking that? No, you're not wrong for thinking it, but they're also not wrong for doing it. Like, and and, and I understand what you're saying. Like, Cork Myers, I don't think I would have gone to Cork Myers. I probably would have uh, saw what Isaiah Joe could do. The, the, the thing is, it's like you want to give a guy like um, Matisse a chance to show what he can do a little bit, right? Now, I know he was struggling, and I know this is the closeout game and everything like that. But my problem is with Cork Myers, and I like Matisse. I mean, I like a Furkan a lot. And I, this is not a shot against him, but I just feel like they would have targeted him. You already have you already have um, George Niang out there who's being targeted. So when you got two dudes out there that really can't defend, and then you know like James Harden, that's not really his specialty either, right? Mate, um, Tyrese either. So you had those guys out there. It would have been bad, bro. Like it just would have been bad. So I could understand the thing if. Let's try to say, let's go to Isaiah Joe a little bit to see how he can do because he's a better defender, right? But then you ask yourself, but is the moment going to be too grand for him? Is the stage too big? But that's the only reason why I wouldn't go to Furcon because A, Furcon is inconsistent as a shooter. B, Furcon is going to struggle on a defensive end. The same with George, and you got to keep – uh uh what was his name um Jake. Uh, beard the beard out there a heart so yeah. you know what i mean that's my thinking on a defensive tip you know on a defensive tip at least you think matisse is going to keep somebody in front of him. matisse for sure but even in that game he 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 didn't he he it didn't or at least it didn't seem like he did uh while i was watching the game didn't seem like he was able to keep his defender his his player his matchup in front of him and as a result, uh, you know, he probably one of his worst played games and then offensively struggling, same deal. Yeah, they, I just looked at it and said, two minutes. I, I don't know, you know, two minutes. Maybe a run starts. Maybe he hits two big shots that, that helps them out because they couldn't sustain a run. They would get a 4-0 run. All of a sudden, the Raptors would come back and score themselves. They couldn't extend that to a 12-4 run where they got ahead of the Raptors. They just couldn't sustain any type of run to allow them to separate catch up to the Raptors and then eventually separate themselves from the Raptors in that game, Keith. So I, I just wonder, you know, is it time, especially now in game six, where you won't have five. So all you're going to have is Milton Niang and Reed as your three off the bench. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, and I'm not even talking about foul trouble. I'm just simply talking about throwing something different at them in the event that they, they feel like they, they can see a little window there, here's a two-minute stretch that we may be able to use. Let's go to Joe or Cork Maz and see if they can provide something, maybe even an outside shot. So, Keith, I don't know, man. This day off is destroying me. You like it. I don't. I want to get this game over with, but I'm sure the coaches like it as well. But it does allow the Raptors, their confidence is just there overall. Can the Sixers snatch that momentum back? and win the game and close out the series. We will talk about it tomorrow right here on Locked On 76ers as we preview game number six, Thursday night, 
Seven o'clock start in Toronto. Keith will be there. I'll be back in Philadelphia, but we'll have you covered in general, getting this one uh, all set for you as we uh, talk about the 76ers and this uh, tough, tough one here, man. So, yeah, it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be a tough one. I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> I, I don't like this situation. I guess we'll have to talk about, obviously, where we are, how we feel. But thanks for making Locked On 76ers, everybody, your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NBA, for your daily recaps of uh, uh, Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. And it's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Keith, what do those folks, those good people out there need to do? They want to hear us and watch us every day? If you want to watch us in our Nike swag, <laughs> I'm just messing. I'm just messing, y'all. But if y'all want to, if y'all want to uh, subscribe to this podcast, listen to this podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast at. But you can also um, subscribe to the Locked On Seventy Sixers YouTube channel. I'm telling you, all you have to do is click on that Liberty Bell. And I'm telling y'all, do it today, people. Do it today. Do it today, folks. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Peace.